Greetings, darklings, from across the interweb. It is once again I, the Duchess Precious Ken, here for the Sounds and Shadows podcast. Uh, I'm excited here. Uh, before we roll into our exciting guest, um, I want to give a shout out. There's a couple of really cool releases that just came out um, that I'll be working on a written review of. Uh, in particular, Kill Shelter has a new album that's available for pre-release. And the first single out from it uh, features uh, vocals from Agent Sidegrinder. Kill Shelter is always amazing. Pete is next level to me. Uh, his first album, Damage, that came out was my album of the year that year. Absolutely phenomenal. And this is no different. I've got a chance to listen. I can't wait to tell you about it. But go to Bandcamp. Check that out. Kill Shelter is definitely one of the most interesting things happening in post-punk right now. So... I have uh, an interview today that came to me from my dear friend, Michael Nagy, that uh, does uh, band interviews like me and uh, discoveringbands.com. And he gave a shout out to somebody who was in the Sounds and Shadows group, but said, Ken, you got to get these guys on. They're doing something really next level. And I think it would be your vibe. So I started listening to it. I really, really liked it. And I'm excited to uh, introduce from New Jersey, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, cy Cyborg Amok. Is it a mock or a muck? A muck. A, a muck. Oh, like, like, like running a muck, like going yeah, crazy. I like that. Cyborg a mock. Okay. Um, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, Ken. <laughs> wow, that was something else. <laughs> yeah. that, that was next level and over the top. That was. That was um wow. Good times. You know what? Nah, it's all good. Just gonna, we're just gonna roll on. There you go. They should hire me in a movie. So. <laughs> yeah. So starting out, gentlemen, um, yes, sir. why don't you tell me a little bit about your history and how this project came together and became <laughs> a muck? Um, you going to start or am I? You should start. I should start. Okay. Um, we, we, well, we tried to keep it a secret. We didn't try and keep it a secret, but we didn't tell anybody from the very, in the beginning for quite a while um, that we're father and son. Um, and you know, I we, did notice. I'm not going to lie. I was going to ask, but it, there does seem to be a slight age difference on it, and I found that really interesting off the bat. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing came about. Um, I've been doing music for years and years. And Bryden's been coming up and he's been playing drums nine years now. Uh, nine, yes, yeah, nine, nine years, something like that. And he sings, back, he does backing vocals for uh, for this project, has his own stuff. Um, but I've been doing music for years. And it once he really, it, but a lot, like a lot of this genre, um, I worked in the studio alone for, for many years and um, had no drummer. I was using drum machines and then I was programming loops and doing all that kind of stuff. And it dawned on me one day, like, hey, I got a drummer in the house. I should have him do some tracks for me. So I Wait, so that's when you started doing is you just realized you had one, not you actually said to yourself, I don't have a drummer. I should make one. No, well, I did make one, but 
Um, it didn't go that far. Out, I I, you know, but we didn't know that he was going to turn out to be a drummer. We just that's fair. That's you know, fair. we made this. We made the creature, and then that's what ended up happening. I just follow him around everywhere. Yeah, he follows me around. I go to the store. I buy stuff. He's there. I have to buy him stuff too. I showed know? up. I just showed up one day. Um, but no, we. Um, so, and that was in two, in 2019, and. I wanted to make the songs, Cyborg Amok came about as, as a band, and I wanted to make the songs more band-oriented. So I brought in a guitar player that I, locally. Um, we did three songs, the record an EP, and um, right after that happened, COVID came around. Right. And we were in lockdown, obviously brian and i live in the same house we could keep going keep going but the the guy that was with us couldn't he was his wife wouldn't let him come out and play with us sure so and for justifiable reason so we just kept going and we wrote another three songs and got another guitar player to jd mcgivney who did it remotely for us mm -hmm. and um i mean it sort of just has gone on from there and so we, we put the album out last year. Mm -hmm. uh, officially, we took, we took the two EPs and put them together. Yeah. Because we had two EPs and then we're like, well, why are we doing this? We don't even, we're not really even out there yet. So we put it all together, made one LP, which was our first L official LP. And, um, you know, now we're about to put out another LP. We've been working, working for, I was playing with the band for about a year um keyboards and I, it was just taking up so much of my time and i didn't feel like i was being productive with cyborg and muck so i left that project and listen they're a great bunch of guys and i love them and they're a great band it just i needed to go i needed for us to be able to do our thing and yeah. so you know so that's what since uh and it and interestingly enough i mean fast forward to last fall um mike nagy did an interview with me Mm -hmm. And I was, we were talking like we chatted earlier, you know, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I, we, I, I can't get enough PR going and I need somebody to help me and I need management and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I'm really thinking, of, I've been thinking about managing somebody and we live like a half hour away from each other. Like, nice. Yeah. So I'm like, let's talk. So we talked about it. And um, so he's, uh, he's been, been hugely helpful. And so now we are putting a new record out. We just put a uh, um, video out in January mm -hmm. called from the, from the last, basically the last single release from our first record, um, Dancing on the Floor of the Sea of Tranquility. And then, um, I mean, that's basically the, the history of the band. It's just Bryden and I at this point, uh, with the new record, we have a guitar player on one song, but um, we, it's so hard to find a guitar player and, and put a whole band together in what we're doing. It just sure. seems like, you know, um, the good guy, the guys that are really good are already involved in something and, or if they can get involved and help you in the studio, they can't go and do it live. And ultimately we want to play out live too. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I think you already handled the hardest part, which is usually rocking, locking down a drummer that can play to electronic music. Like that's the hard part. And you just figured out a way around that again by just making one. 
You know, that's a thing that I, I think a lot of people don't consider is an option on how to find a decent drummer in this day and age is just, you know, bring one in. <laughs> and I, I love the uh, forethought that, yeah, you guys are in the same house too. So there you're, you know, during the lockdown already there. Um, so no, that's, that's really interesting. And the name uh, Cyborg Amok kind of almost reminds me a little of uh, one of my favorite band names of all time, the Electric Mayhem from the uh, Muppets. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what brought that name about and made you uh, consider that for this project? Any special meaning to it? I, you, can, you can tell a story, you know the story. I do know the story. It basically started out after I mean, he, he's getting kind of old, so he got a, uh, he has two knee replacements and a shoulder replacement. So I was telling him he's basically become a cyborg. And <laughs> he came up with a muck on his own, and he was trying to come up with a band name. So he was like, cyborg a muck, that's so, so cool. And so it has the meaning of between the two of us, an inside joke of me keep calling him a cyborg because he keeps getting things replaced. That's awesome. So you guys do, I mean, obviously there is an age gap here and it's not, and you know, you're rocking your post Malone shirt and how did this blend of kind of your music styles or maybe what you came up on um, come together where you guys could have a cohesive idea of what the sound of Cyborg Amok would be? Mm, Cyborg Amok involved organically it really has mm -hmm. um i was in the 70s hugely into prog as a keyboard player um but i couldn't play like those guys i can't pl couldn't play like wake sure. and any of those guys it was so but so when you say prog are you talking like oh King like crimson rush yes, crimson yes uh, genesis jethro tall yeah. pink floyd i'm still like a huge pink floyd fan um what's and your then, favorite floyd album my favorite Floyd album is Animals. Animals? Okay, good, good pick. I'm a weird one. I'm a Final Cut guy. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. That is a weird one. That is, that is an obscure, it's kind of an obscure one. It, yeah, it's really more of a Roger Waters solo album almost. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you, you were kind of into the prog scene and things uh, like that. And then I started listening to the, the Cars came out, and I'm like, wow, cool keyboards, simpler stuff. I can play that. Then I'm thinking, then Gary Newman's out. And then I'm like, oh, I can play that. And I, and I still listen to Gary Newman all the time. Still rocks. One of my favorites. And then um, the whole 80s synth pop thing, po the early, you know, post-punk before it was really post-punk, goth before it was really goth, started happening. And that's where I gravitated to all that and uh, got way into Depeche Mode when they came out. Um, orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Uh, all that stuff. And um, Zymox, when I first listened to them, they were Zymox, and then I realized they're like Clan they, Zymox. Clan, yes. Yeah. Um, but that was for me. Right. Um, so all the stuff I was writing was coming from that direction. Mm -hmm. um, I'll let him talk in just a second, but basically my influences in music were his first influences in music. Sure, that makes Rush, sense. Rush, you know, Depeche Mode, all that stuff. Yeah. I, as he passes it over to me, like he said, oh, basically it started as my music taste was, it started as like 
stuff like you know you hear the stuff on the radio that was relevant but he really started you know we go somewhere and he put on like a rush album or he'd put on like a pink floyd album or, or a led zeppelin album in the beginning it was very heavy rush a lot sure. of rush a lot a lot of rock, a lot makes sense why you became a drummer yeah and i heard subdivisions and far cry and i was like i want to be like that guy so that was my first that's what made me a drummer is listening to neil peart and so it kind of evolved i got more and more into a lot of that stuff i listened to more and more and i got into like i got heavy into pink floyd queen led zeppelin all of his influences became mine and then as i started to grow up a little bit i started to you know dive into you know i started to look at the contemporary modern stuff sure is where i guess find your own path yeah yeah i started listening to everything and it's kind of just gone downhill from there because uh, I I can't tell you what my music taste is now. Like I listen to everything. I could go from listening. I tell everyone all the time. I could go from listening to Art Blakey's Monin to listening to like a Post Malone or even like a, I'll go farther into rap and like a Polo G or something like that, and then go all the way back to like an Alice in Chains song. Yeah, I like Alice in Chains. Well, you were telling me today, you like about how you've been listening to Dio. Yeah, and then and a few of my friends started getting sad. into. I then all of a sudden this past like this past year, I got super super heavy into Black Sabbath. Like I always thought Ozzy and Black Sabbath was cool for like the past few years, but I've now I've really started to dive into it and get into more metal stuff. See that I'd like to see that, you know. Uh, that's great. I'm also huge. I'm also huge into like I guess. So I guess it's pretty much everything. But I'm heavy into like metal, very heavy grunge, and even if it's modern music, I kind of delve into more of the, I guess, creative side of stuff. I'm, I love '80s music. I love, but I guess creative has in like. I don't know, like mixing a bunch of genres together. Or like, I, I guess Post Malone's a great example of like my music taste. It's kind of everything. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you listen, you know, you, you have the first LP. And a couple of things that people have said about that and people have asked me about is that like a lot of times if you listen to a band, you listen to every song and you can tell it's that band in every song they they got it they're this thread that goes through the whole record that's kind of you're a keith richards riff and i can spot it from a mile away you know you you know that sound sure yeah. but with cyborg amok you can't like when you listen to our our music it has it goes in different areas different places it's all dark it's all based with you know a lot of see a keyboard foundation beds keyboard playing that i'm playing my vocals are dark like a dave gone kind of a thing or a um yes. sisters of mercy kind of a vibe um but um the music I, it really is organic i'll write a song i'll sit here and i'll write a song and i'll come up with everything and i'll put in a basic drum track like this is the idea buddy Click and track, right. take it, yeah and he'll just take it and turn it into whatever you hear on the record and um he's gotten when we first started, he was pretty apprehensive in the studio, but now, because I take him out to a, a studio to do our drums and vocals, because we can't do them here in this studio. This is really just an elect, mainly an electronic studio. 
So um, he's gotten really good now. Like it used to be, he was apprehensive. He was sitting, listening, and just do his parts. Now he's actually coming up with his own parts and he'll come back in the room after he does something and listen to it and say, hey, I think I can do better. Or you know what, I want to change that. So it's become a great experience mm -hmm. from that standpoint. The two of us, now we're really starting to write and produce together uh, the stuff. So the, and the new stuff you're going to hear, the new record is mm -hmm. going to be the same kind of thing as the, oh, sorry about my dog. Oh, the same right. kind of thing as, um, as the first one. There's a lot of different stuff on it. It's very dark. It's, yeah. it's, there's one cover. We finally did a cover. I've never done a cover before. We did one cover, which is going to be the very first single that comes out. And then. Are you um, going to tell us what it is or is it a secret still? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a cover of, uh, this will be the, the cat out of the bag moment. It's uh, David Bowie's Golden Years. Oh, but, classic. But, but what we didn't want to do was redo ba David Bowie's Golden Years as a cover exactly. So the cool thing will be when people hear what we've done to it. Nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's always what you want from a cover. And I like to hear you guys say that. And especially when I see you guys and meet you and hear what a generational you know, gap of sounds and things you're bringing. Because I don't know, I always say the Beatles kind of wrote every chord progression everybody's going to write from now until the end of time. You know, they had yeah. 300 and some song. And, and so it's hard in 2022 to truly come up with ground no one has touched yet in right. music. More what it's about is synthesis and bringing genres and ideas together and like you said, making it your own and fine. So no, I, I think that's great. And I do hear a lot of that in your music um, in terms of kind of blending these styles and these ideas to, to make it fresh. So that's very cool. Um, the other thing I want to ask you guys next about is my first introduction to you is you did a collaboration recently uh, with uh, Kim, uh, who I've worked with as well. And I absolutely love her voice. I, I think the song worked really well. It kind of almost had like a trip hop-ish feel in some ways, kind of a, you know, a Portishead vibe or something to it. Um, tell me a little bit about how that collaboration came together and why you're excited about it. Um, that was the first thing, one of the first things that Mike Nagy did for us when, when we hooked up in, uh, in the early in the year. We hooked up around the end of December. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, can, would you be interested in working with Kim from Bowery Down? She yeah. does a lot of collaborations. I said, yeah, you know what? Give me your information. I'll get in touch with her. So I did get in touch with her, and she turned out to be a lovely person. Oh, yeah. Um, she's, and when I, she sent me some samples, and she's got has a fantastic voice. Yes. So Very I dug up And also just really professional. I remember when we worked mm -hmm. with her, we kind of said, hey, here's what we're talking about, this and that. And 24 hours later, she's like you mean like this and boom it was already there <laughs> yeah well absolutely i mean I, I went into the vault and i dug out a, a track that i had sitting in there and i hadn't really it's just a couple of layers of bed bed track stuff with mm -hmm. it, some with the drum track and i'm like all right let me see what she thinks about this because i had actually sent her one thing and she said well i don't really i had lyrics and vocals and i said can you do the female part maybe add something she says, no, I don't really do things that are already written. I like to do stuff for myself, write the lyrics myself, and sing them my way. I said, I'm down with that. So I 
scrapped the other idea and I sent her the new thing. And she came back with a, with a vocal, a track um, within like two or three days. Wow. And, yeah. and the lyrics she wrote were so dark and like, they were just so, so cool and mysterious and like, what is she talking about? But it sounds great, you know? And her, all of her inflections and stuff. So I basically took her vocal tracks and I cut and, you know, spliced it and added it and put some effects and did my, did my producer stuff. And then I went back and I added um, synthesizers in layers and stuff in between the vocals and let it all weave together and give it a different, give it the whole vibe that it had. And I was really happy with it. So um, I asked her, you know, I told her I was going to, I wanted to put it out. Uh, I let it sit for a little while. I didn't put it out right away. But um, the other day I said, you know what, let me just put this out there. And overnight, it, I won't say it exploded, but it did really well right off the sure. bat. People, people love it. Um, I am excited about it. And if you listen to, um, if you listen to the Cyborg Amok stuff, and then if you go to the, my, you know, the band camp where Cyborg Amok is, that's my record label site. And it has a lot of stuff of my solo material and a, a project I did a number of years ago called Umbra. And, um, and then you listen to the Bow Ever Down. Um, it's, it's different than anything that I've released before. It's, it's kind of a little EDM-ish and, and, yeah. and whatnot, you know. Um, and I did actually did, I want to, I'll give him a little shout out because it's going to come out probably next week. I did another collaboration with a producer songwriter uh, named Chris Halo Pierce mm -hmm. from, a, uh, from um, Halo Askew. Yep. And uh, he's a great guy. Um, I asked him, I said, hey, look, I'm looking to do some collaborations. You know, you got anything laying around? And he sent me this uh, song. And um Basically, I took his vocal and built a whole layer of music underneath of his vocal and did some, you know, back and forth, move, yeah. you know, moving vocals around and doing some producing things. And um, so um, it's going to come out next week. So that'll be pretty cool uh, for people to see because it actually, I think it turned out, you know, from my perspective, I think it turned out pretty well. The thing with Kimberly is I love it. And it's, you know, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. I'm, I'm glad I did it. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking that we'll probably do some more work together at some point. Um, but right now the primary thing for us is to get this album out. You know, we're gonna do a single in June, gonna do another single with a video. That's the first original song to come off of it. Off of it. Um, and then we're gonna hopefully release it in September if everything goes right. So where you're excited about that, tell me a little bit about, I mean, because you have a pretty long history, like you said, in doing music, you have the one on their album. How is this one different? How are, how are, what are you excited about uh, to bring to the table that this album is, is a new uh, voyage in music for you? Well, first of all, it was, the Bowie cover was really, really cool for us because we talked about it and we actually originally were going to do a, a tears for fears cover of um everybody wants to rule the world because we do that as one of our live mm -hmm. songs and um but we we do it more traditional and the way we do the bowie song um like i said one of the things that was important is we we kept the integrity of a song because david bowie everything he wrote is is brilliant and perfect 
Like sure. David hasn't never really wrote anything that was bad that I could tell. Yeah. So I wanted to keep the integrity of golden years from that respect, because, you know, you can't make it better. So you just have to do it your own thing. Yeah. So we did our own thing. So we're excited about how that's going to come out. The next one that worked, the thing that I'm excited about is, um, the diversity of the record we've experimented in some you know more more things that are along the lines of uh more electronic um we only have one song that has a live guitar player all the other stuff that's guitar stuff is i played on the keyboards awesome. some of the rhythm key, uh, guitar stuff is is uh, guitar loop stuff yeah. but other than that like riffs and all this you know stuff like that it's all stuff i've played on the keyboards and with all the other stuff I don't know, what are you thinking well, about? My own ideas that I had for it are my sides of it. I'm definitely excited about because I definitely also somewhat tried to dip my own ideas in there. Like he was sure. saying before, I was more apprehensive in the studio and now I'm more into it. So I'm very much excited for my own, my, my own influence, influences. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I think I really tried to bring with a lot of my more sort of strength. So I feel like I tried to be more creative with the drumming, especially. Sure. I, I already tried to have some ideas before, but this time I really tried to make a lot of it my own. And some of it's, you know, you know, I don't know, like more, I guess, creative. Some of it's more straightforward, but with a little, I tried to add a little bit of spice here and there. But I think I tried to bring a lot of my strengths and, you know, I tried to, one of the things, you know, with my own stuff, I'm a pop artist or I'm a pop writer. That's just what I am. It's, but, you know, I can write a lot of things and I try to bring that catchy element that which I, you know, I know how to do that. So, so for like an electronic song, I tried to, one of our electronic songs, I really tried to like, um bring make that mine and make it something you know my own and so i brought heavily brought that like you know catchy drum beat to it and it's kind of like it's not something groundbreaking but i'm proud of it in the sense of to say oh i had a huge influence on the outcome of the yeah. song so, yeah, I mean, oh go ahead no i'm just gonna say one of the other things i mean with this record is on the last record, I mean, Bryden sings, he gets it from his mom, he doesn't get it from me. He sings really, really well. Um, but his voice isn't isn't right for, as a, like say the lead vocals for Cyborg Amok because we're, it, you know, we're more of a Depeche Mode, more of a um, tenor, uh, you know, range vocals. And he's a little higher than that and prettier. He's, you know, I got a gravelly, a little bit rougher of a voice and he's got a, a prettier voice, but it we works great. We listening to Getty Lee, so what did yeah. you expect, you know? Exactly, exactly. But I listen to Chris Squire and Yes a lot too. Um, now, you know, so he, on the first album, we didn't really explore his vocal elements as much. Mm -hmm. um, on this album, we're going to put, we have a lot more of his backing vocals, vamping and vibes and, you know, stuff going on. So not only playing the drums, but, but doing the vocal stuff in the background. There's, there's one song, I can't name it, but I'm super, like the ending of it, I'm super proud 
of vocally how, how that came out for myself. Because even awesome. in the studio, after I was done, it was like everyone kind of exploded with, oh my God, that was so Yeah, awesome. it, was a, it, was a, it was a high five, high 10 moment for sure when that happened. That's and awesome. that'll be on the second single. So you, and, and look, the second single is this, like the first, al the first album was some new songs, completely new songs from scratch and some songs that I revised from other um, projects. And the same thing with this one. I mean, we have the cover, then the first uh, single of the original stuff that we're doing is actually, I can tell you what it is, it's Sleep Tonight, but I'm, I've changed it from one of my solo records. Mm -hmm. um, but we're making it cyborg amok. We've, you know, done done more stuff to it. And then the other stuff, there's um, couple, oh, a couple of new songs that are that are very different from anything that we've done before. On, you know, for the first, the last record. And then there was there's one that was in my archives for a number of years. Um, really super dark. It might be the darkest thing I've ever written, but it's. Um, um, basically about, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, like the, I, the ability for a human being to have that much darkness and sure. coldness in their heart. Um, I mean, we're date, we date this interview, but just what happened in, in Texas, like how can somebody be that cold? And how can somebody have that much it's uh, a, a scary world, surely, and uh, with a lot of these things, and and I think it's definitely something that uh, humans, you know, you can see nowadays, are very fascinated with this idea of, like you said, what makes a person have that within them, with all the uh, podcasts and and whatnot, you know, that really are focused around that idea of these people that are just broken inside right. in this way. Um, to uh, to turn uh, back towards a, a brighter uh, view here, um, I had a, a couple questions that I wanted to ask. One of which is, I I do I find it fascinating, like this unique dynamic that it's the two of you guys, father and son, because I've just never heard of that or seen that much. You know, a father and son doing music and playing a band oh, together. Baby, <laughs> you guys have any, I don't know, almost like Cat Stevens or whatever, but songs that you've done that's about your discussions, relationships, or or kind of between the two of you in some of the songs that you've written together about your dialogue. Absolutely. Um, but Choi, well, there's two songs that are really personal to us um, from the state on the album, the, la the, old, the first album, Beyond Me and Dancing on a Floor of the Sea of Tranquility were written. Uh, my father passed away from cancer um, a number of years ago. It'll be 15 years soon. But when that, when um, he was sick, um, I wrote those two songs. And it's his grandfather. So right. the whole time that we had written, I had written those songs and we started doing them. Like, for him, they're as personal as they were for me. Right. Um, but the one song that's most, we have... Choice Not Taken was a song that, I mean, I'm not gonna lie about it. I've had depression my whole life. Sure. Um, lots of people have. Back when I was younger, nobody talked about it. But now it's like, it happens. That's the way people deal with it. I've been fortunate enough to deal with it and get through it and understand how to deal with it and 
and I don't have it, it, I I won't say I don't get depressed but when I do I get into that you get into that tunnel and I do know there's a light at the end of the tunnel I'm coming out the other side you know how to recognize what's happening more yeah yeah even though it's still happening you you know how to see it within yourself and how to uh, talk to someone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we we started this song and it needed a lyric and at the time he was going through a discovery of hey why do i feel like this what's going on with me and i'm like okay buddy it's time for me to sit down and have a conversation with you mm-hmm. so we sat down and we had a long conversation and i said i'm sorry you get it from me but this is what you have to understand it's like going into a tunnel and you're going to come out on the other side no matter how bad and how dark you feel and how miserable you are always know that you're going to come out on the other side so when you're in the tunnel don't do something stupid don't step off the ledge don't do any of that dumb stuff because if you had done that like i i went through a period where i you know i contemplated doing some making some really rash, bad decisions fortunately i didn't and had i done that back in my 20s and 30s sure he wouldn't be here right so my conversation was like listen you don't know what's down the road so don't make that rash decision and and make that bad choice because if you do you could miss out on the best thing that could ever happen to you in your life because you weren't there for it when it when it came came about so choice not taken is that's the premise of the song right yes that i that's both beautiful really heavy and like i said i mean when i hear especially you talk about it a really unique situation in a song of having a a literal genetic link on understanding each other and how you're expressing the song in that and that's absolutely awesome. That's good. And I'm, I'm going to definitely go listen to that tonight a, yeah. a couple times, especially hearing that story and knowing it. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we still, I'll be honest with you. We still, we still talk like if we're, if either now we have each other before sure. it was me by myself and before he understood and really started talking about it, he was on his own, but now we have each other and he knows how if I'm feeling down or he's feeling down, we can we can bounce off each other, pick each other up. And but that song is always there. And it was written so that, he, you know, hey, because of the age difference, I'm going to be gone and he's still going to be rocking it. Sure. And he'll always have that song to listen to and to think back on and say, OK, my dad, that's that's my dad and I talk and that's our conversation that we had. I'm not going to lie. This doesn't happen in interviews much, but I'm getting overclumped. Wow, that's uh no, that is that's I'm I'm sorry. Let's let's move on. Let's let's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn again. No, that was um so I see behind you you have uh the studio that you guys do your songwriting in and a lot of the equipment there, especially for this new album. The studio is on fire. You got the dog out, you got the family out, everybody's out, the wedding album, all of it. What is the one piece of equipment that each of you are grabbing an arm load to run out and try and save before the studio burns down? You could save one thing. What is it? 
I hate, I have to, I'm going to say one thing, but I have to say there's so many things, but it's all replaced. That's what hard choices are. The only thing that I have, I think if it were, if I were in that situation, I would grab the hard drives. Because that's where all the, that's where the intellectual property is. I can't, I can replace the keyboards. We can replace the computers, the drum kit, all that stuff. Um, We can't replace the inner, there's some, you know, there's songs that I've forgotten about that are on those hard drives that, like the one with Kimberly, you know, I had completely forgotten about that piece. And I went back and looking through my hard drives and found it and it turned out to be a great song. So I think for me, the hard drives, what do you say? Oh, you completely stole my answer. I was going to say the hard drive with the computer. What? See, so you guys would bump heads running for the same thing. It's a good thing I asked this question because now you can make a fire plan going forward so you don't both go to save the same well, thing. Have, I, have, I have two hard drives that are really important. One is one's holding all the information for the current album that we're building. Oh, and okay. the other one is uh, full of stuff from all, other, all the other projects. So there's two of them. So we'll end up. Well, that's fair. So you can each get one. You should, you should mark who's in charge of what. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to ask here is we're a music review page, Sounds and Shadows, first and foremost. And so I always like to hear when I talk to an artist, what's the new music that you're listening to that's inspiring you so that other people are, are aware of kind of what's fueling your jets. Um, each of you uh, give me uh, a couple things that you're listening to and excited about right now. You go first since I talk Me so go much. first? Oh, gosh. Um, I've thought about it beforehand, but it's like, you know what? I'll go, I'll, I'll go the classic route. They're not, some of them aren't new bands, but some of them, I'll say some new ones. Um, right now, I mean, post- It can be any genre, whatever you're into. Post Malone's coming out with a new album, so I'm super excited about that right okay. now. Okay. Uh, like I said, I'm listening to a lot of Black Sabbath at the moment. Um, Classic. Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Uh, You're into a grunge phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rush, a band called uh, Pup, which is a more, they're a punk band with some pop elements, but they're not really a pop punk band, but I love them a lot, and their their music is really good. Um, and then also a few other artists. There's um, uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, Bella Miller, who, who is an indie artist, and she makes um, great music. Oh, I love it so much. I love, she's so nice. I love her. But um, and yeah, and then a bunch of uh, Day Glow, who's an indie artist. Um, a few other Red Bank fans, because I've tried to get heavily into that. Uh, there's a there's a group of guys that I know them. They're called Thelonious Funk. Thelonious Funk, and I love them. They're a super great group of guys, and their music is super inspiring. So that's pretty much a lot of it. I would think of more, but there's so many, and some of them I can't remember the names of. Sometimes. Also, a lot of jazz in, at the moment. As well. Okay, yeah. He's all over the Coming with the jazz. I like it. You know, he's, a, um, he's a performing arts major at a performing arts school. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so, you know, he, he, he didn't tell you that he plays in a VFW uh, j- big band, jazz band on the side too. That's another one of his side projects with a bunch of like 50, 60 and 70 year old people. <laughs> I've been there and, and I played, uh, you know, jazz band when I was younger too. I was a horn player. 
Oh, nice. Nice. Guitar, so. oh, so you would have definitely played in the in a in a big band. I, d I did, and also, uh, you know, for my, my dad, the Marine, uh, going to a lot of DFW stuff, so yeah. Yep, yep. Do you uh, have so, any uh, couple bands you'd like to shout out? Well, interestingly enough, this guy tonight, just before we got on the air, turned me on to this band called Palace Ideal, and I listened to two tracks, and I'm like, okay, I'm going back, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm buying it and listening to it because it was right up my alley. You're, you're like... You're like new, right? Listen. I, this is beautiful. I, I love to hear it. Uh, Palaeus IDL is uh, a Danish band, my good friends, uh, and John Edwards in particular, uh, that does the vocals and guitars. When I heard your music at first, his voice and your voice have a kind of a similar vibe. And, and even kind of, I would call them of new post-punk, and gothish music, mm -hmm. kind of the progish version of that. They have a lot of, you know, where I think influence of Killing Joke or uh, King Crimson or, um, and I brought that up to them before. So yeah, when I heard you, I thought, man, that kind of has like a cool Peleus IDL vibe, so. Peleus IDL, I'll remember that. And yeah. interestingly enough, the thing about, one of the things that people have said about Cyborg Amok is that is the it's it's sort of a prog post punk because we're you know it we have these intros and then the verses and the choruses and the bridges are not necessarily exact you know in the same groove or whatever it changes around so many other I mean I've been I've listened to, been listening to Gary Newman for years I've yeah. been listening to Depeche Mode for years um, I still listen to Rush and some of that other, and a lot of that other prog stuff, but my go-to is always either Depeche Mode or Gary Newman, probably for the last 10 years. Sure, can't go um, wrong. And Newman just put out a, an amazing true. album just a couple years ago, and My Name is Ruin, that I, I think is one of the best things he's ever done, and doing that, you know, later in his career. So, and I saw it live, and amazing um, live performance so i just saw him in webster hall in new york uh when in march or whenever he was there and it was he's amazing um i want to i mean i would give a sh i'm going to give a shout out to uh a couple of bands though that i've i'm not i haven't listened to their stuff like ingrained it in my brain yet because i'm still listening but cloud of ravens who i was turned on to wonderful um through yeah, uh Super yeah. cool people. I think I, I think I found them on your page. Quite also possible. Actors. I've reviewed them and interviewed them. Yeah, they're awesome. Actors. Actors, of course. I mean, you probably hear me talk about them a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> and then um, there's a local band that is really a great band, and I'm going to shout out to them because you can go to Bandcamp and find them. Mm -hmm. um, exceptional musicians. Their lead singer, is she's... As she's like a Kimberly. She's just a brilliant lead singer. Band called Daughter Vision. Oh, okay. I don't know them. I'll have to yeah. look them up. So look up Daughter Vision. Um, they're a, sort of a DIY band, so they don't have the glossy. Like I spend a lot of time doing, you know, making sure the production on my on our records is really tight and right yeah. on. I get it mastered by a really high end mastering engineer. Um, they don't go that deep into the production elements, but their music and songwriting and the whole concept of what the band Daughter Vision is about is, is really, really cool. So 
anybody's out there and wants to check out a new cool band, Daughter Vision would be somebody I'd recommend. I'll make sure when we put the interview out, I'll put links to all of these, but I'll get uh, Daughter Vision off Bandcamp or wherever they have uh, their music at, and we'll make sure to put a link. So it's been wonderful having both of you on and, and hearing this story. Um, we always like to here at Sounds and Shadows spin out to one of your tracks that you feel if someone was going to listen to Cyborg Amok for the very first time to really take away the ethos of the band, what is the track that you would like us to spin out to to share with all of our viewers? Um, I would say probably Dancing on the Floor of the Sea of Tranquility is, would be the the one to go with beautiful and we just put the video out um so there's a video you can you can use that um came out in january so we'll make sure to share that um why that one uh in particular is exciting you have the new video out for it but why why does that one jump to your mind right away that people should be excited to hear it a couple well first of all it's really it's really significantly probably for me, maybe one of the most significantly personal songs, other than maybe Choice Not Taken, because that's yeah. really between yeah. us. But, uh, it was a really important song. Um, and we, I, we, we enjoyed playing it. We really enjoyed doing it on, you know, doing it on the record. Um, and I think it encompasses pretty much everything about what Cyborg Amuck is about. It's got, it's got a, guitar, a live guitar player. Uh, the, the engineer in the studio does our bass tracks for us, um, Adam Vaccarelli. I'll shout out to, to Adam at Retro Media. He's a, he's a great engineer and, and a good friend and uh, it really helps us a lot. But he plays the bass parts. And in that song, um, you know, I, gave him, I give him the bass parts that I write on keyboards and he plays them and he just nailed them and made them sound so alive. But I just think that song out of all the songs on the first album, um, is kind of the is is the one song that I point to if you're going to listen to Cyborg Amok and you want to listen to one song that's the first that's the song you should listen to. Well, wonderful. Uh, from us here at Sounds and Shadows, uh, this has been an interview with Cyborg Amok, and this track is called "Dancing on the Floor of the Sea of Tranquility." For all of you out there in interweb land, keep it dark, y'all. Yeah.